You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Do or do not, there is no try. The great Yoda. All right, welcome back to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. Each and every Monday going forward, unless high school sports bumps me as it should. Join me for lunch each and every Monday from noon to 1 p.m., the fastest hour in radio each and every week here on The Ticket. One final shout-out right, to GE Landscape Supply. Check them out at gelandscapesupply.com. For more info, call 402-467-1627. All right, I did forget all right, one quote that I wanted to mention earlier All right, from Daniel Kalen. And this goes to the impact that Husker fans have. It goes to the impact that social media has. The Husker fans can have through social media. We just had Faux Pelini on. Okay, this is a, a guy who grew up a diehard Husker fan. He's a lawyer from Chicago. And wow, what happened with that account was awesome, largely in part and due to Husker fans, Husker Nation, and the impact that they can have. So here's one final quote all right, that I wanted to read. From Daniel Kalen. He said, I think growing up in Nebraska, you can't escape Husker football. The fan base is incredible and they always show support, whether that's winning, winning games or losing games. I think Husker football is unlike any other program. And quote, I forgot to share that quote earlier and I wanted to put that out there because Husker fans have a gigantic impact on this program, unlike ever before, especially through social media, especially with the ability to connect to current players, former players, potential future players. So just keep that in mind anytime you're interacting with individuals on social media. Now, I mentioned I would come back to Husker baseball at the end of the show. It is that time to put a button on the topic of Husker baseball and then go out and watch and support this team on a Wednesday later this week in Omaha versus Rutgers, that team from Piscataway. Still fun to say Wisconsin. All right, now the question is, how far can this team go? What can they do? Can they get back to the College World Series under Will Bolt? Can they get to a super regional? How far can they go? And now the last time Nebraska made it to uh, the CWS, the College World Series, was 2005 under Mike Anderson. Probably, probably the most successful season Nebraska baseball has ever had. Now, they did some cool things so far this year. Right? Until this year, the most amount of home runs a Nebraska baseball team had ever hit was in 1985, when they hit 93 in 69 games. Okay, This year, 2023, they hit a team record 95 home runs. All right, Max Anderson set a record. 15 home runs, a Big Ten play. Again, that's a record. All right, when you think about comparing this to a season ago with Husker baseball, last year the Huskers had 51 home runs, comparatively speaking. All right, and actually nobody on the team hit better than three, uh, I'm sorry, with no batter hitting more than 10 home runs a year ago. Okay, so think about that differential. And nobody, okay, hitting a batting average of over 300 with the exception of one player, and that was Garrett Anglum. When you only have one player hitting that wall on a team, it's not great. So the improvement, especially at the plate from last year to this year, has been gargantuan. Okay, it's been really, really good. How far can their pitching take them? How far can their defense take them? How far can they go in the tournament, in this postseason? That's what I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Now, I want to chat a little bit about the ACC and their magnif that magnificent seven. Now, the conference currently has... Okay, a grant of rights deal over with the conference, okay, over the teams within the conference for the next 13 years. There's a magnificent seven, seven schools who are trying to do something different on their own, seeing what's out there, seeing what they can do, what they can't do. Okay, Clemson, 
Florida State, North Carolina State, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech are those seven schools. I mentioned earlier in the show in this program, that does not include Duke, does not include Louisville. So my first thought was, all right, if I was to interchange a school, how do you not include Duke? And I know they weren't very good at basketball last year, but just overall, okay? And I understand in football, they're not phenomenally phenomenal. I get that. You know, I'd be tempted to exchange Duke for NC State. NC State's a solid football program. But only one of those two schools has a program within the basketball football department that's a national power way more often than not, and that's Duke basketball. Okay? When I looked at Louisville, a program that typically does pretty well, they're up and down in football a little bit. Basketball's a little bit better, more consistent, I would say. You know, it's like, well, who would I possibly take out for Louisville? My other thought was, why not just add Louisville and make it magnificent eight? Is that not a catchy? I don't know. All right, so the question is, what can these teams do? Where do they go? Where can they potentially go? All right, well, the obvious answer is SEC, Big Ten, and even the Big 12, potentially. The Big 12 is just, I mean, they're in a better spot than the Pac-12 is at this point, soon to be the Pac-10 all over again. I envision one day, and I'll say envision as in I'm rooting for it. I say envision as in I think that's what is what's going to happen. It's going to be two major conferences. I don't know how far down the road. Probably a ways, because a lot of other conferences would have to go by the wayside. But the Big Ten and the SEC, I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. The SEC, okay, they think they're pretty good at football. There's an argument to be made there. I get it. The Big Ten, as I just mentioned, is coast to coast. They're, and as a result, they're bringing in the money, especially once, even right now with what they're doing, but especially once they bring in USC, UCLA, the MLA boys. Okay, and it's essentially down the road, I, I, I think, in a few years, however long that takes, the Big Ten, the SEC. And if these seven schools, this magnificent seven, goes to one of those conferences, and I know it's, a, it's an incredibly large amount of teams, but when you think about two major conferences down the road, maybe I'm wrong, who knows? I just think it's what's going to happen five, ten years. There could be a 20-plus team conference, okay, and then they'd have to figure out how to work that, and I'm sure they can. It's not rocket science. Nobody's going to the moon here with this. Okay. But then the question is, and they could go to the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12s, they're doing a lot better than people thought they would be a year, two years ago at this point. Okay. Maybe they can add some of these schools to their conference. And all of a sudden, they become a lot more imposing, potentially. Especially if Florida State, Miami, if they were to join and they start getting good at football all over again somehow. Then the question is, what do the remaining seven schools do? The, what what, what do we call non-magnificent seven? Maybe they go to the Big 12. Okay, I don't know. I I don't see them going to the Pac-10. Most of these are East Coast schools. They'd have to be in a West Coast conference. And I understand that I just said the Big 10 is East Coast to West Coast, but we're, we're talking about a couple of schools on the West Coast as opposed to like an entire conference versus seven teams coming from the East Coast. That would just be really difficult from uh, figuring out like a, a, a plane rides and, and just figuring out a schedule standpoint, especially for like the Olympic type sports. A lot of those are during the week, throughout the week. It's challenging as it is without having to potentially go from coast to coast all the time. So this is something I'm going to keep my eye on. It's very intriguing to me. I've kind of been, you don't hear a lot about the ACC. It's all about what's the Big Ten doing? What's the SEC doing? Who are they gaining? Because they don't lose anybody. Okay, who's the Pac-12 losing now? How's the Big 12 doing? Are they going to hang on? Who can they add? Who can they prevent from leaving a la Texas, Oklahoma? So this is something that's intriguing to me because we have not heard much about the ACC. They're just kind of hanging there. 
just kind of hanging out. This is the first thing we've heard as far as potential movement in the ACC conference. And a lot of that had to do with the grant of rights deal. And a lot of these teams probably feeling locked in. Like, what can we do? Well, those seven teams, those mag- magnificent seven teams, you're going to make it a lot more interesting. All right. Thank you for joining me. I will see you fine folks next Monday, noon to one. Have lunch with me, the fastest hour in radio each and every week here on Adam Carricker on the ticket. Until then, go big red nose. Remember, the bell.